We are unworthy servants. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If there is one thing our culture loves, it's freedom. It's in our country's DNA. It's in our pop culture references. Just think of the famous Braveheart scene where he screams, freedom. It even finds its way into our churches. We want to be free, to feel like nothing is holding us back from our truest potential. But I've noticed something over the years, that this freedom I chase usually ends up being kind of selfish. We use phrases like, I'm free to do what I want, to get at this idea that freedom is somehow being free from any external pressures or demands. We want freedom from our jobs. We want freedom from our responsibilities. We want freedom from any and everything that could possibly make a demand on us. And above all, we want to be independent, to not depend on anyone else. But how often in these discussions about freedom do we say, I want to be free from sin? How often does our sin burden us the way our jobs do? How often does our sin make us feel compelled and constrained and anxious the way that maybe our financial insecurities do? St. Paul says that we are enslaved to sin, that it constantly pushes its demands on us, that it forces its will into our lives. And the antidote to this slavery is not independence, it's not isolated hard work. Jesus tells his disciples today that the release from sin is being found in being servants of God. And in the gospel today, we have to take a step back for a second and acknowledge something. Jesus makes an interesting comparison today. And if we're not careful, we walk away with the wrong conclusion. Jesus Christ is not condoning slavery. He is not recommending that we use human systems of slavery to better understand our relationship with God. I've said this before, but remember when we engage Scripture, our first step is always to enter into the world of Scripture, to try to avoid making any immediate comparisons to our current context. Once we enter into the world of Scripture, we emerge with transformed hearts and minds, and then we can see our culture, our context, with refreshed eyes. If we do this today, we don't walk away from this passage from St. Luke with a defense of human slavery. We actually have a better understanding of why it is so egregious and harmful. Think about human forms of slavery for a minute. Why do they strike us as so egregious? Why do they strike us as so blatantly unjust or wicked? I think it's because they are an attempt to build upon a foundation that is not really present. They attempt to warp reality. They are more than just a sin against our neighbor. They are a sin against Almighty God because they pervert the foundations of creation. Human slavery usually consists of one or a few people, the ones with political, social, or economic power, exerting that dominance over those with lesser power. And they justify it usually by making these intrinsic appeals to human dignity. It is justified by those in power as natural or acceptable because somehow 
the master is more dignified than the slave. According to the master, they are by, more na- by nature more worthy, more dignified than the slave, and so it is only natural that the slave put the master's need above their own. And we know that is wrong. We, we know something about that strikes us the wrong way, that at its foundation there is evil there. And I think the more we think about it, we come to understand even deeper just how wrong it truly is. In slavery, the master is arbitrarily placing hierarchies among humans. Hierarchies that don't actually exist between races, between classes, between political groups, whatever the case is, one side is deemed a better human. They have more dignity. Somehow they are more worthy than the slaves. Human slavery is an attempt to be like God. No human is above another. All are created equal, as we read in the scriptures. Slavery rejects that fundamental premise, and in doing so, the master props themselves up as greater than their neighbor. What is this if not an attempt to usurp the created order? The created order that God himself made at the beginning of creation. Slavery is a sin because it is an attempt to be God. An attempt to elevate oneself above others by making appeals to intrinsic worth. It makes the astonishing claim that somehow the master is created with more value than the slave. And of course this is not true, which is why slavery sticks out to us as such a distorted form of social organization. So why does Jesus use this comparison? What Jesus Christ does today is remind his disciples of who is truly, intrinsically great among them. It is not any one of the disciples who were created greater than the rest. If one of them was created with more worth, then maybe it makes sense for those of less worth to serve them. But Jesus ends by reminding the apostles that they are all servants. He reminds them that the only difference that exists between dignity and worth in this social context is not between humans and other humans. It's between humans and God. Jesus calls them all back all together to their true identity, that of the servant of God. And no doubt, many of their families had servants. No doubt, many of them probably grew up with these justifications given to them. We've got some more dignity. Let those with less take care of us. This is only natural. This is how it's supposed to be. Of course, they would never thank a servant for serving. It was only natural for them to do so. But then the words of Jesus come crashing down upon them. You unworthy servants. All of us are equal. All of us are equal in our unworthiness compared to the only true master, Almighty God. And I think a lot of us are uncomfortable, rightfully so, with this this claim that God is our master. Because... We have all this baggage of the human systems of oppression that distort this relationship. But again, we start with God, not our own context. When the disciples of Jesus throughout the scriptures continuously refer to him as master, they're not doing so to uphold arbitrary social systems of oppression. They are doing so because they recognize that the Son of God standing before them 
is the only true master, the master of creation, who was there before all the worlds were made. When we start with God, we see a God who is all-loving, all-knowing, all-powerful, a God who knows every mistake we have ever made and will make and loves us just the same, a God who humbles himself by becoming one of us and submitting himself to those very systems of oppression to reconcile us back to him. When we start with God, we understand why it makes sense, why it actually is natural that we are servants of God, because God really is more worthy than us, because God actually is more perfect than us, because God is perfect love, and we are not. It also helps us understand why these human forms of slavery are absolutely misguided, because it is taking this servant-master relationship that is only proper when speaking of humans and God and forcing it between humans and other humans where it has no business being. In doing so, it does not lead to faith and hope. It leads to sin and injustice and evil. In the epistle today, Paul stresses to Timothy that our hope as a church, our only confidence as Christians lies in the suffering of Jesus Christ. It is not the earthly influence that Jesus gains while alive that leads to our salvation. It is the eternal authority that he demonstrates on the cross when he defeats the power of death that gives us that everlasting hope. If we feel hopeless, Paul says, if we feel ashamed, look to the cross. Our role as servants, Jesus tells us, is proper, not because Jesus stands with an iron fist wagging his finger, but because he stands with arms outstretched, suffering on the cross. Our role as servants is natural, because when we come face to face with the perfect love of Jesus Christ on the cross, we recognize that we are empty-handed, that we have nothing possibly to offer God apart from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that is given to us to be our own offering. What else can we do but fall down on our knees in worship? What else can we do but seek to serve him in all that we do and say? And in doing so, we actually find the fulfillment of this identity as a servant. We actually find joy in aligning our work with God's. As we draw closer to Jesus Christ, our desires become his desires. We become more like him, and we find ourselves more fulfilled than we would ever be independently on our own. We find joy in doing the work of God because it is what we were created to do all along. It is fulfilling your vocation. The purpose of your life is found in being a servant of Jesus Christ and of God. But how do we do this? How do we regain that identity as a servant? It begins with a transformation of the way we view ourselves and the way we view God. It begins in mimicking the disciples in Luke's gospel today by asking Jesus to increase our faith. This desire for faith, this desire to have our hearts and minds transformed is where we have to begin. This is the first step down the road of servanthood. But why faith? What does faith have to do with the way we see ourselves? St. Augustine speaks of the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, as all three fulfilling some desire in our lives. Charity is the fulfillment of the desire for love, he says. Hope 
is the fulfillment of the desire for possession. And faith, Augustine says, is the fulfillment of the desire for vision, to see clearly. The desire for vision. Ultimately, our faith is fulfilled when we see clearly God at the end of time in the beatific vision, God in all his glory. But here and now, our faith also opens our eyes to behold ourselves and God in a more truthful way. Faith opens our eyes to see ourselves for who we truly are, unworthy servants. It also opens our eyes to see God for who he truly is, perfect love. Faith allows us to enter joyfully into the fulfilled life, the life of a servant, of God. The life of discipleship is not always easy. This life of servanthood to God, it's not easy. Who wants to be unworthy? Who wants to parade around introducing themselves as a servant? We would rather spend our lives convincing others and ourselves how powerful we are, how little help we need. But how often does this focus on self become self-idolatry, lifting ourselves up as if we've got it under control? To be a Christian is to recognize yourself as unworthy. This bold, blatant truth is part of what makes Christianity so difficult at times. But this bold, blatant truth is what we so desperately need to hear in our society today. Servanthood is where we find our freedom. Our enslavement to sin is broken by our identity as servants of God. He gives us faith so that we can see the true value in being servants of Him. Faith allows us to accept this vocation with eagerness and joy even, knowing that we are serving someone who is truly worthy and full of love for us. So we ask God to increase our faith that we may see ourselves clearly as servants of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.